And so I'm super, super excited, man. I cannot believe this church ain't even two years old yet. Like, that's crazy. I don't know if you realize you're sitting in a miracle, but this is bonkers, okay? Um, I get to travel all around the world, and for this church to be not turning two in February, like the fact that this church isn't even two years old yet with four services, with people jammed in the lobby, about to launch a second campus, like, man, I just love, I've loved being with you guys today, and... um, so honored that Pastor Jabin and Shannon would have me here this, this weekend. And man, can we just honor them, even though they're out of town? Man, can we just clap it up for your senior pastors? Come on, it takes more than finances and a great team to launch an amazing church. It takes a vision and a lot of faith. And so, man, uh, I just honor them, even in their absence. It, and it takes a lot of courage to leave your two-year-old with like a babysitter. And so... Um, I'm just honored that they would trust this awesome church with me this weekend. And that's amazing. And uh, I'm super, super honored. Who's ready for the word tonight? Anybody ready for the word tonight? I'm ready for the word tonight. My girl's with me. Hey, boo. That's my girl right there. Tia's with me. My wife's traveling with me. Oh, did they put her picture up? That's her. Mm. Mm. That's my black girl magic right there. You don't know nothing about that. Um, if you don't know what black girl magic is, you can Google it, okay? And uh, it's a real thing, okay? It'll bless your life. Uh, uh, mm, take it down. I'm going to get distracted. Mm. Uh, She's been rolling with me all day. Uh, heard the same sermon three times earlier. And uh, we're going to do a brand new message tonight. And I'm really, really excited for it, okay? Um, we're going to go to the New Testament. We're going to go to the book of Matthew. I think we've got... Um, some scriptures up here. Do we got Matthew? Yep, Matthew chapter 15. Amazing. Um, if you've got your Bible, go ahead, bust out the, your Bible. I'm going to keep us in the New Testament for the entire message. We're going to go to the book of Matthew, then we're going to go to the book of John. We're going to look at two passages of scripture. I love this story, um, and I do call and response style, so if I ever trail off, that's your turn to kind of pick up where I leave off reading. I like kind of, you know, I, I'm, I'm black, if you haven't noticed, and so uh, the more crowd participation, the better, okay? Uh, I I like amens. You can say whatever you want to say. Uh, I'll give you a couple things, a couple options, okay? You can say, make it plain. That's good, okay? Make it plain, okay? I'll tell you my favorite one. Here's my favorite thing you could ever say. Take your time, preacher. Take your time. That, that's the best thing a preacher could hear right there. Take your time, son. Take your time. I'm like, yep, I'll take all night. Let's go. <laughs> I will preach for two hours and 50 minutes, okay? I'm just joking. I'm not going to do that. Um, Um, but you can say, let's go. You can say, preach black man. You can say whatever you want to say. Um, but we're going to have fun tonight. It's going to be amazing. Um, let's go. Matthew chapter 15. It says this, leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon, a Canaanite woman, say a Canaanite woman, a from that vicinity came to him crying out, Lord, son of have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. Jesus did not answer a word. Jesus is rude. (laughs) Jesus got his AirPods in. (laughs) Like, I don't even hear you. Don't act like you'll never do that. Come on. Like, I do that all the time when I'm bringing too many bags on a flight. I just put my AirPods in. 
so that I can't hear what the flight attendant is saying. And I just scan my joint and just keep on walking. Like, I didn't even hear you. <laughs> Sorry for anyone who works at Delta. I apologize. Jesus, it says, Jesus did not answer a... So his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. He answered. Now, he, now Jesus is ready to answer. And you would think he's going to say something nice and compassionate. This woman is going through a difficult time. Jesus says, I was only sent for the lost sheep of Israel. Okay, let me give you context. Uh, he's in a region of Tyre and Sidon. He's not in Israel when, he, when this story is taking place. And a Canaanite woman comes to him. And so Jesus first ignores the woman totally. Like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Then... After the disciples urge him to respond, Jesus responds and says, I ain't even come for you. I ain't out here healing Canaanites. You a heathen. I, what? Like, I'm out here. I, I, I came for the lost sheep of Israel. See, this is that. See, I'm from Roxbury. Okay, you don't know where that is. Okay. I'm from the hood. <laughs> And so this is the part of the story where, like, uh, I would get kind of hood on Jesus. Like, what did you call me? <laughs> Excuse me, Jesus. Here we go. We, we got to keep reading. It don't get better. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. Uh-oh. Jesus replied, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Has Jesus ever offended you? <laughs> I would go as far as to say, if Jesus ain't offended you, you may not have been having a lot of conversations with Jesus because Jesus is like a professional toe stepper, okay? Jesus will, will offend, and, and I know you may, you may be accustomed to sweet little baby Jesus. <laughs> But this is grown man savage, Jesus. Come on, it ain't right to take, to take the children's bread and toss to the dogs. Did, did, did he just call me a dog? <laughs> you know, have you ever been confused? Like, you know you got insulted, but like in your mind, you're like, maybe they didn't mean it like that. <laughs> And you rationalized your way out of being offended. Oh no, Jesus is like, mm-mm. I, I said it. Roof, roof. <laughs> like, you, you a dog. <laughs> I love this woman's response because here we go. We have to get this if we're gonna get this message because this passage in Matthew is really just the picture frame. And before I give you the picture that we're gonna get to in John, you have to get the frame right because you've got to put the picture in its proper context because most of us would have walked away from Jesus at this point. Some of us, you've prayed for things and the first time God said, no, you stop praying for it. See, there's a lot of us that on January 1st, 2019, we wrote in our journal what the year would look like when it ended in December. And you still ain't at the promise yet and I want to help you tonight because sometimes your faith can waver and weaken when you are dealing with denial and no's 
But I want to help you because you are not the first person that has ever heard no from God or an insult from God or a ain't you a dog from God. I love this because most of us would have walked away or slapped Jesus. But you wouldn't have left with your miracle that day if you let your attitude, uh-oh, or your easily offendable heart get in the way of what you needed from God. Here we go. This is the woman's response. Yes, it is, Lord, she said. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus says, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed at that moment. I'm going to tell you my title right now before we even get to the second passage of scripture, because for a lot of us, you know, you want great faith. For a lot of us, you want giant killing faith. For a lot of us, you want walls of Jericho falling down faith. But you know what? I'll take some breadcrumb faith. This woman had breadcrumb faith. This woman is like, "Mm, uh, maybe uh, that sounds like a no, but I can turn it into a yes kind of faith. This is a woman that was like, "Mm -mm, I ain't hearing no today. I ain't trying to get offended. I don't care what you say to me. I want breadcrumb faith. So if you're taking notes, the title of my message tonight is breadcrumb faith. Because sometimes you've got to put the clues together of what God is saying and get your yes. Because if you go based on what God said, you'll think he means no. But there's a difference between what God says and sometimes what God means. Because sometimes his insult is to test how bad you really want the thing that you've asked for. Now let's go to John. Now that we framed this picture, let's go to John. We're going to go to John chapter 2. On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in? That was like three of you. In? There we go. Jesus' mama was there. And his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was? Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more. Here we go. Jesus, dear woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, my time has not yet come. This sound familiar? His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so. And the master of the banquet used the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, everyone brings out the choice wine first and then the cheaper wine after the guests have already had too much to drink. Turn up. (laughs) But you have saved the best till now. I want to preach to you in your December that God has saved the best till now. Oh, come on. In the time of the year where you are giving up on the goals that you set in January, I want to prophesy over your life. God has saved the best till now. 
God, let the reading of your word bring life. Let it bring light. Let no flesh glory in your presence. God, we ask that as we open up the scriptures today, that Lord God, you would give us a blueprint for how to build your house and how to build our life upon the rock, which is your word. God, we love you. Thank you so much for everything that you're going to do and say in this service. We promise not just to be hearers of your word, but doers as well. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all say together. So this is a very confusing passage of scripture for me. Can I be honest with you? Can we be real on a Sunday night in church? This passage of scripture in John chapter 2 doesn't make any real sense to me because Jesus effectively says to his mama, his mama, his own mama, he say, uh-uh, this ain't got nothing to do with me. These folks running out of wine ain't my problem. Not only does he say no, but he gives a reason. My time has not yet come. Has God ever said no and given you a reason? Hello. But then Jesus goes and does what he said he wasn't going to do, which is very, very confusing to me because that's very inconsistent. Jesus says no, but then does yes, which means a couple of things are happening in the scripture. Okay, let's go down this logical trail. The first thing is maybe Jesus was wrong about whether or not his time had come or not. He said, Mary, nah, this ain't none of my business, and my time ain't come. And then after pondering, he realized, yeah, it could be my time. <laughs> so Jesus was wrong. Then realized he was wrong, he ran the replay, read something about the Old Testament, was alerted to the fact that actually the time is fine and then proceeds with the miracle. But that doesn't make any logical sense because he's omniscient. He's wise. Jesus knows the Old Testament forwards and backwards. This is the Jesus that sits down with the woman at the well, tells her all five men she'd been with and the dude she with right now ain't even your husband. So it can't be that Jesus is wrong. Okay? Then maybe Jesus is right. But decides... I'm going to do what I want to do. Is my mama. So it ain't my time. But I'm going to just go ahead and disobey God real quick. Because it's moms. But that don't make no sense neither. Because Jesus says in the New Testament and other places, I only do what I see the Father do. And Jesus says in the Garden of Gethsemane, I don't want this cup. I don't want to drink this, but not my will, but your will be done. So it can't be that Jesus just disobeys God and gets on his own timetable. It can't be that Jesus is wrong, which means we have to go to logical conclusion number. Maybe, just maybe... Jesus says no, but there's a woman in the text named Mary that ain't taking no for an answer. Maybe, just maybe, Jesus says no, but there's a woman in the text named Mary with breadcrumb faith that doesn't just hear what God said, but knows what God meant by what he said and can discern a yes, even though God said no. Maybe, just maybe, there's a woman in the text named Mary, and maybe, just maybe, when people pray on the earth, it changes things in the heavens maybe just maybe it's not that God is locked in what he's going to do but maybe there are human beings that God actually listens to 
So maybe there's a woman in the text named Mary that goes, "Mm -hmm, I heard what you said. But where them servants at? Come on over here. Because if he meant no and Mary heard no, she would have went back to her assigned seat and sat down. But she heard no. And I want to help you with this because sometimes God's no sounds like, ain't you a dog? Sometimes God's yes sounds like, ain't you a dog? Sometimes God's yes sounds like, it ain't my time yet. Sometimes God's yes. And if you're waiting for his yes to always sound like yes, then you will sit there and you'll wait all year before you bang on heaven's door and demand that God begins to do the very thing that you know is within your right to ask for. See, we got so many Christians nowadays, uh uh-oh, I'm about to step on all the toes, who you think you need another prophetic word. You don't need another prophetic word. No, you need a prayer life, boo-boo. Because the last time somebody gave you a prophetic word, you didn't even do nothing with it, no way. You don't need a preacher to give you a prophetic word. You need a prayer life so that you can begin to discern what God is saying by what he meant. See, see, see. Okay, here we go. You think you think you need another sermon. No, 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 no. You need the spirit of God to illuminate his word. So that when you sit down with your Bible, you actually understand what it means. So that when you come to church on Sunday, you go, "Mm, that sounds real familiar. That sounds like what God said to me on Tuesday. That sounds exactly like what the Holy Spirit dropped in my spirit on Thursday. See, 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 you think you need more YouTube. I know every Monday you listen to your favorite sermons on YouTube. I hear you. But, boo-boo, you need version in your life. You need the version Bible app. You need to learn how to get a word for yourself. Because if you go to God talking about, well, Pastor Manny told me, my words return to me void, boo-boo, okay? But God's word don't return to him void. You better not be quoting no preacher. You better go into the throne room of God and quote the Bible. Like, I know what I have a right to. I know I've got the right to be healed. I know I've got the right to peace. I know I have a right to walk in joy based on what the Bible says. So when I begin to hear a no, I go, "Mm, mm -mm. I will not let you go until you bless me. When God says no, you begin to go, hmm. No, I got verses that back me up for what I'm asking for. Okay, okay, I'm going to make it real plain. Uh, I bought a grill a couple years ago. Real big boy move, you know what I'm saying? Now, I I had them assemble it, but still, I I bought a grill. (laughs) So I got a grill, and and I got the warranty on the grill because you never know what's going to happen. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, It's a grill. Smart enough to get the warranty from Home Depot. And so, and so the grill inevitably broke down. But I couldn't find the, the, the receipt. So I, went, I walked up into Home Depot. I was like, you know, um, my grill ain't working. Real sad. Um, but, you know, I got a warranty. You know, just, just look it up in your system. And the, and the woman had the audacity to say back to me, I need the receipt. 
And I was like, it's been years. You think I have a receipt? And she was like, yeah, well, I mean, the warranty is attached to the receipt. I need you to have the receipt. And so I was like, okay, I'm coming back for you, Susan. I was like, okay, Susan. That's why they give y'all name tags. I'm coming for you, Susan, okay? I went back home. I remember that they had emailed me my receipt. I went through my email. I went the extra mile. I printed that joint out. The second time I went into Home Depot, I went in there with a whole different kind of swag. I was like, hey, Susan, where you at? Here's my receipt because I got to show you that a piece of paper gives me the right to a new grill. For some of you, you go into your prayer closet with hopes and wishes and dreams, but I need you to go into your prayer closet with a word from God. I know exactly what God told me. I know what he promised me. I know exactly what he said said because I've studied the word you walk into your prayer closet with a whole different kind of swag because any parent loves to hear their children repeat their words back to them God loves it when we quote scripture in prayer oh when you begin to go no 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 this ain't what I heard from some preacher I've memorized some bible I know my word And I know my rights. And so I know that God is saying no, but I will not let you go until you bless me. I know that what I'm asking is based on your will. I know that what I'm asking is backed by your word. I know that what I'm asking is the time. See, I want to contend with you that there was a woman named Mary in the text that was the game changer. Now, here we go. Let me help you. Because once you've set the stage for God, then you can go sit down. But you can't go sit down until you set the stage. Pastor Manny, what do you mean by set the stage? Here's what I mean. See, Mary goes, hey, servants, what y'all doing? You ain't doing nothing. Pookie, Ray Ray, come here. Now, you're going to stay here with Jesus, and you're going to do whatever he tells you to do. See, that's called setting the stage. Because I heard a no But I'm going to leave you with some servants just in case you change your mind. You said no to me, but you know what? Here's some people to help you out with the miracle that I know is on the way. I know you said no, but you know what? You can't. You can't make wine all by yourself. So I'm going to get some servants, and I'm going to leave them here, and I'm going to go sit down. See, what we do is we want to try to sit down before we set a stage. Oh, Jesus, help me, Holy Ghost. You can't sit down until you set a Stage. What do I mean by set a stage? You can't make it rain, but you can build an ark. You can't make fire fall down, Elijah, but you can build an altar with a trench. You can't make God get your wife pregnant, but you can go to Target and buy some cribs and paint a room blue and put them jokers in there. See, you can't make God move, but you can be prepared for the miracle that you believe is on the way. You cannot make God do anything. You cannot manipulate God, but you can set a stage for God to begin to do the miraculous in your life. Can I get an amen in church tonight? Uh, I heard no, but I'm going to prepare like it's a yes. I'm going to set a stage 
just in case God want to pop off and show himself strong. See, 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 if breadcrumb faith is if he leave me a crumb. If he say anything that even sound like a yes, I'm like, mm-hmm, that sound like yes to me. That's breadcrumb faith. Because, okay, can I help you? Can we go deeper? Can we go deeper? A lot of us are waiting for a miracle, thinking that waiting is a passive activity. Waiting is not a passive activity. The, the best analogy that I could use for waiting is almost like uh, uh, if you're watching football and you've got linemen set up on the line of scrimmage and they are waiting because they cannot move, but they are ready for that whistle. They are ready for that snap. All things tense. I mean, I am actively waiting. Waiting is not just like, yeah, I'm going to sit here and twiddle my thumbs till God say, yeah. Waiting, I got a story for you. I'm, I, love, I love stories. I like parables, okay? Makes things plain. Makes things like layman's terms. In the 50s, uh, there was a newspaper article uh, advertising for a job. And the newspaper clipping said, we're looking for people who can uh, understand and operate in Morse code. And so make your way down to this address at this office building. And um, people made their way down. This one gentleman saw the newspaper clipping. And when he got to the office, he saw, dozens of people waiting for their turn to get interviewed for this job description that said that they needed people to operate and understand Morse code. Now, you may not know what Morse code is. No shame. I did not either. So I had to Google it. It's, it's a transmitter that kind of sounds like do, 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 and it means something. But if you don't understand what the do, 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 do mean, it don't mean nothing to you. Sound like alien noise to me, but if you understand Morse code, you can type out the letters. It's an amazing thing, apparently. So this one gentleman is sitting there. He's waiting for his turn, and then all of a sudden, he gets up. He goes to the receptionist and asks the receptionist to take him to get interviewed. He gets interviewed. Five minutes later, the interviewer walks out and says, hey, everybody can go home. This gentleman's got the job. Everybody is up in arms. Wait a second. He cut the line. We've been waiting here all day. The guy then says, well, what you don't realize is that Morse code has been playing over the loudspeaker for the past hour. And if you understood Morse code, you would understand that we typed out, if you want the job, see the receptionist, have her bring you to the office. The job is yours. Because waiting is not just sitting there. Waiting is understanding. God, what are you saying? It may sound like a no, but I don't know. I've studied your word enough to know that you speak in code sometime. And this may mean yes. So let me march my way into your office and claim the stuff that is rightfully mine. See, waiting is not just a passive activity. Waiting is when you begin to go, oh, 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 I gotta word myself up. I need to pray a little bit more. Waiting is when you begin to go, mm, even the weird folks at church, if they got a prophetic word, I'm listening because boo boo, bring it on. Let's go. No, no weird people at this church? Okay, anyway. <laughs> Once you set the stage, it's time to sit down because you know what we wanna do sometimes? We wanna stand over Jesus' shoulder. What you doing with them jars? Jesus, them jars ain't for that. 
Come on, Jesus, you know the jars, you, the jars, you want to be helicopter mom. Mary ain't even helicopter mom. She sets the stage for Jesus, and then she goes, and she has a seat. Go sit down. You want to control every part of your miracle. You want to control how God does it, when God does it. I need my man to be 6'2". Caramel complexion, hello. It's like, boo-boo, wait, you may not even know what you need, though. Once you set a stage for God, how about you sit down, sit down, and just let God do what he's going to do. Because what God is doing don't make no sense. He's turning water into wine. Do you know how to turn water into wine? No. You would have went and got some grapes. Like, here's some grapes, Jesus. Like, Jesus don't need your help. How often have we tried to help Jesus? Like, okay, Jesus, okay, what we're going to need is, and Jesus is like, really? Just, you go have a seat. I've learned this. I've learned this because uh, I've, I've had the ability and the, ple- the pleasure and the privilege of employing a couple of people. We've been traveling on the road a lot, and so there's a guy who literally creates all of the video content for my Instagram page, and he's a guy by the name of Rodrigo, and he lives in Barcelona. He lives in Spain. I, I, I think he's a real person. I don't know. All I know is videos appear. So I'm, I'm cool with it, you know? So Rodrigo lives in Barcelona. And, and what I've learned is that there's a significant time difference between where I live in North Carolina and Spain. And so what will typically happen is when we give Rodrigo work, we'll make sure that we give him all the stuff that he needs, like on Dropbox, or we'll communicate with him at night. And by the time we wake up in the morning, everything is done because he's in a different time zone than we are. See, what you need to know about God is that God is not in your time zone. So you can go sit down after you set the stage and sleep because he's working while you're sleeping. He does not sleep. He does not slumber. He does not grow tired. This is a God who knows how to perform your miracle while you take a nap and stop worrying about it. Once I have set the stage for God, there is nothing left for me to do. Here we go. Jesus, left with servants, takes water, fills it up to the brim. And I I, I researched this because I'm a nerd. I Googled how long does it take to make wine? To make wine is anywhere from a nine-month to a 12-month process. I mean, and it depends on what part of the process you want to start at. You want to Harvest grapes, ferment the grapes, thresh the grapes. I mean, it is a process. Wait for the grapes to ferment, do all of that. And you know what I love is that God does what should take months in minutes. See, you thought that you was rolling into December, just getting ready for 2020. And God begins to say, ah, boo-boo, what you thought was going to take months of your life to accomplish 
When you set the stage for me to actually work in your life, I will take minutes to do what it should have taken months to do. See, this is the part of the sermon where everyone who feels like they've wasted time should get excited because God begins to say things like, I will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten. What other people, what it took them years to do, you've had a business idea in your mind for years. You wrote it down in your journal in January and now you've given up and you've thought to yourself, well, we'll just wait for 2020. And God begins to say, why would you put human limitations on a supernatural God don't you know that what it takes months for you to normally accomplish I can do it in minutes I can take water and I can make wine and what you thought should have taken a year of your life can happen in the snap of a finger when God is invited into the process somebody give God a shot of praise in this place Yes, you may think I'm crazy, but I believe that God can accelerate your years, that he can accelerate your time. Look at the church you're a part of. This don't look like a two-year-old church. So the church you're a part of should tell you something about what God is doing in your personal life. If God can accelerate the growth of a church, he can accelerate the growth of your business. He can accelerate the growth of your relationships. What goals did you write down in January? And the moment you saw the third quarter of the year coming, coming, up, coming around the corner, you thought, well, guess I'm going to put that on the goal list for next year. I'll prove it to you that God accelerates time. You need more Bible. Here we go. The, the parable of a vineyard worker. Ironically enough, a man who grows grapes to make wine. And he goes out in the top of the day. And he says, ah, looking for workers for my vineyard. The people are like, yep, yep, we done the work. And they agreed for a day's wage that they would work. A couple hours go by, the man who owns the vineyard goes out again. Anybody else want to work? And people are like, yeah, yeah, we want to work. He goes out at noon, asks again, who wants to work? He's like, yeah, yeah, sign me up, let's go. Then he goes out an hour before closing. Says, anybody else want to work? Yeah, let's work. Let's go. At the end of the day, he pays everybody the same wage. The people who have been working all day get frustrated. I can't even believe he would give me the same money he just gave this joker that came an hour ago. And you know what we assume? We assume that they get the same money, but they didn't do the same work. But could it be possible? that they got the same wage because they did do the same work. What could take you a whole day to do could take me an hour to do. Just because it took you eight hours don't mean it got to take me eight hours. I understand it took you eight, but boo-boo, I did the same amount of work in one because God can accelerate your time. He can accelerate your energy. He, oh God, the Bible says better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. Do you know if you calculate a thousand days what that comes out to? It comes out to about two and a half years, which means... I I can spend 24 hours with God 
and get a prophetic vision for my life that launches me two and a half years down the road. See, you think that you just come into church to feel good in a moment. Boo-boo, I'd rather spend a day in his courts than a thousand elsewhere because a day in his courts will set up the next thousand days of my life. Brings the wine to the master of the banquet. The master of the banquet's like, what? You saved the best wine till now. He's thrown off guard. He's like, we typically wait for people to get a little tipsy before we bring out the best wine. It's funny because my wife, she's amazing. And uh, that's why married men live longer. Because when we got married, she started making me go to the hospital. I hadn't been in the hospital in years. And all of a sudden, she just made the appointments, just told me where to be. And I was like, this is exactly why I got married, you know, so that I could, like, live. Like, for a long time. So she sits me down, and she knows that um, I'm not the best with time. Like, I always round up. You know, it's like, hey, be here at seven. Like she, she lied to me this morning. She knew that we were going to get picked up at 9, 10 a.m. She told me nine. I was ready at nine. I didn't get downstairs till 9, 10. And then she told me, baby, I didn't tell you the right time. Because I know you. It's funny because she sits me down. She's like, you have a doctor's appointment. I need you to promise me that you're going to show up at 9 a.m. for your doctor's appointment. I said, you got it, girl. You so fine. I'll do whatever you ask me to do. She said, promise me your doctor's appointment is at 9. What time are you going to show up, Manny? I'm like, I'm going to show up at 9. At 9 o'clock, I started getting dressed. I get to the hospital around, and then she, she said to me, Babe, you have to get there like 15 minutes early because you've never been to this hospital before. They've got to check you in, blah, 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 blah. I'm proud of myself because I got there at 9.20. That's nine-ish. I'm feeling real good about myself. I go up to the woman and I'm like, hey, you know, I have a nine o'clock appointment and my last name's Arango. She goes, there's no... There's no appointment in here for 9 o'clock under the name Orango. I was like, I don't know what to tell you. I don't, I don't work here. My wife made an appointment. It said 9. My last name is Orango. Do you, you like, well, I, don't know what to, I don't know what to tell you. And the woman says, let me just search your name. The woman searches my name and she says, sir, your appointment is at 10. Your appointment is at 10 o'clock. You can take this clipboard, fill out the information, and have a seat over there. So I was early when I thought I was late because my wife factored in my humanity. And there are certain things you think that you are late for. But the only reason you're even in the waiting room is because God factored in your humanity and your disobedience. And even when you think 
you're late. This is a God that says, you think that you invited me to this wedding? Oh, I'm the one that invited you to the wedding. Mary, I'm the one that set up this whole situation. You think you asked me to make more wine? I've been here for days. I set this whole thing up to reveal myself to you, to bring faith out of your heart. See, even the stuff you think you're late for, I'm declaring over your life, you're early. You're early. You're right on time. You're never late because this is a God that prepares for your humanity. Oh, he knows. He knows that you weren't going to really obey the first time he said it. Come on. He knows that you were going to waste a year of your life dating someone you shouldn't. He knows. Do you not, you really think that like God is stressed out because you took a detour? Really? He's omniscient. He's the ultimate chess player. He's got everything in control. Your timeline, stop it. God cares more about your timeline than you do. And this is a God that goes, whoa. Hey, come on, I know. Because here's what the enemy likes to do. He likes to attack you with regret. And as long as you're in regret, you can't be in repentance. You see, people can be locked in regret for years and never change. Still feeling bad for what they did, but never actually changing. And the enemy will trick us and make us believe that regret is repentance. But regret is not repentance. God does not need you to bring all your regret into a relationship with him. I get it. You wasted some time. But do you want to know the real beauty of that Joel verse that says, I will restore the years that the locusts have eaten? Here's the full verse. I will restore the years that the locusts have eaten. The wild locusts, the locust swarm, and the young locusts. My great army that I... I sent to chastise you. It was God that sent the locusts and now God is saying I'll restore the years that the locusts even ate because your disobedience is what triggered the locusts and now the grace of God is the thing that is going to remove the chastisement that the locusts had to even bring into your life. You did not waste any of your time and God is not just going to add years to your life. He's going to add life to your years. Oh, I prophesy that over you. He's not just going to add years to your life. He's going to add life to your years. And you, you may be new in this relationship with God and you've got so much regret. I get it. You weren't there for your daughter or your son at a pivotal point in time. But you know what? If you keep crying over spilt milk, you will never restore the opportunity you have to be in their life now. Now is the day of salvation. Today is the day that matters. You can make a different decision today. But the enemy wants to keep you trapped in what happened in 2005. But we rebuke the voice of the enemy over your life. We rebuke the voice of regret over your life and we prophesy over your life that God will restore years and businesses and plans and wealth and property and spouses and children and abundance and blessing over your life. Come on, if you believe that, say amen all over this church. We claim it by faith. We declare, God, what you have for me is for me. The devil cannot touch what you have for me. God 
God, we declare over every person in this room, from the front to the back, from the left to the right, from the least to the greatest, we remove regret off of your life. We declare if you've been dealing with regret, you can lay your hands on your mind. Come on, I declare that even in our thoughts, God, we will begin to match our thoughts up with what you have said about us. God, we will not allow the negative spirit of regret to attack our faith. God, we touch our eyes. Everything we see, God, we declare the eyes of faith be on us. We will not walk by sight, but we will walk by faith. God, this year is not over. 2019 is not over. Your opportunities are not over. We ask, Lord God, that you would do in this last month of the year what we've been believing for you to do all year. Amen.